Hello everybody and welcome once again to The Brink as we come to you for our ninth rebooted episode direct from the greatest city in the world, at least this side of Australia anyway, Hobart. It's a beautiful sunny day on the day that we are hitting the record button and for some reason I have found myself sitting inside talking in front of a microphone and not actually venturing outside to enjoy this lovely day but that's what you do when you want to entertain the brinkalicious masses and what a bunch of beautiful brinkalicious people you really are actually it's it's fun and interesting to be able to sit here and see just whereabouts we're getting listeners from around the world with this podcast and uh, we've mentioned it before some of the unique locations that we have gotten over the various episodes but in the last week since we uh, returned to your speakers since our little couple month break uh, lovely spread of people Australia the United States Canada hello to everybody Poland didn't realize that the brink stretched out to our Polish listeners hello out there Austria perhaps that's our long-term friend Angie who used to of course venture on our show many years ago 10 years ago to be precise actually I remember that in the Netherlands and Thailand as well so hello to everybody who is tuning in wherever you are around the world and it's it's interesting to see just how perhaps this translates across the globe uh, i would not be too familiar with how thailand podcast listeners would assume australians sound like and um if this is generally how you feel we sound like then i'm glad that you're tuning in but this is the joys of podcasts i guess compared to when we used to be on the airwaves is that we can really analyze i guess where we're targeting our audience now 66 percent of you are from australia so g'day crikey um crocodile dundee bonza all that to you and of course this week being australia day uh celebrating the joys that is australia so perhaps we don't necessarily need to quite target those uh thai listeners just yet only three percent of you are from thailand so uh maybe if that slowly increases we'll obviously kind of go over perhaps the content that we're putting out there and and change it up slightly but we've got another big episode i'm, I'm talking too much about just where you are all from and you want to know what you're listening to and you got a lot to listen to this episode flashbacks galore interviews galore songs galore everything galore and of course funny news in a week where really funniness perhaps isn't the topic of conversation but we will try and at least make you smile a little bit as uh, you listen to us throughout this episode now unfortunately the hobart hurricanes have been eliminated from bbl6 uh the 2016-2017 big bash league season with their uh, disappointing performance against the Perth Scorchers on the weekend. But it hasn't always been doom and gloom for the Hurricanes, and long-term listeners to the brink would, of course, be familiar with our coverage of the competition over the years, harking right back to the beginning during our commentary days, right through to our live commentary days on Edge Radio when we uh, got the rights to cover the game live for Hobart. But uh, I want to go right back to BBL01, the very first season. The Hurricanes surprised many with their performance that year, made the semi-finals, and in the final game of the season, they came up against the Melbourne Renegades at Blun- uh, Blunston Arena, formerly known as Bell River Oval, of course. And uh, it all came down to them needing to win the match to host a final. And uh, Sam and I called this game. We present to you the final over, the closing moments, whether or not the Hurricanes would get the home final or not. You're about to find out. Sam, this is good bowling by Freedy. It's an absolute nail-biter, Ben, and yes, very good bowling by Freedy. The equation now, five runs required off two balls, and the crowd here just on the edge of their seats. I'm on the edge of my seat. I, I just, I'm overwhelmed. I, I'm, I've got to retire. I'm sorry. And you're also on edge radio as well as a Freedy now. 
to Oasha. What can he do? He advances down the wicket. He can't get a hold of it. I think he's got a bad read. He has! Scores a level at Bellweave Oval! Fantastic shot by Oasha! He just clipped that over between third man and deep fine length. The crowd are absolutely exhilarated. That will secure an extra. I think they go to Super Sixes or some form of tie-breaking procedure as is. Scores are level. So a single is required. The field are coming in. Look at this. You'd think it's a Justin Bieber book signing out there in the middle. They're getting that close to the middle. And it's all up to Oar Shah, the man from England. Everybody has come here to try and see the Hurricane secure a home final, Sam. And, uh, well, it scores a level here, but what will happen on this bowl? Yes, and just to note, Ben, the, that OHR is actually on 49 of 30 deliveries. So if he can get a run here and win the match for the Hurricanes, he'll actually bring up his 50 also. So much at stake here as a Freedy. What can he do? There's so many players around him at the moment. If uh, this was in Pakistan, I reckon he'd be nervous, but it's Hobart. And Oar Shah looks around. He looks for the gap. I think he's found where he wants to hit it. The final ball of the over. And the match. He comes in. It's a wide. It is a wide. What was he thinking? That was absolutely disgusting by Afridi. We were talking before about match fixing. Samuel McCrossan, I'm not going to say anything, but a wide brings the Hurricanes to victory. The hands are shaken. Unfortunately, Oar Shah will not get his half century, but it doesn't matter. The Hobart Hurricanes have booked a home final, whether or not they're first or second. What a match. What a way to end this game, Sam. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, just love Oar Shah. Brilliant. Woo-hoo-hoo. I think you would uh, be mistaken to see if Samuel McCrossing is playing for the Hobart Hurricanes at the moment. But what an incredible end to this match. The, that is it. Hobart Hurricanes have won by seven wickets in the end and a brilliant performance to secure it all. And the Hobart Hurricanes scored in the end 3 for 174, winning it with a wide. Very exciting times. And sadly, the Hurricanes would ultimately go on to lose that semi-final and not make the final. But it was still very exciting. It was a home final for the Hurricanes. The only time they've ever hosted a home final. So um, just thought it would be appropriate to bring back some good vibes there for Hurricanes fans who maybe are feeling a little bit down after the weekend's performance. All right, getting this one done early today. It's time for... Wow, this is news. Another episode where we bring you the stories that are true, funny, bizarre, and everything else in between. And in a week where the United States got a new president, a president who some people might not necessarily like, I think I've picked up on that somewhere, I don't know, just a weird vibe I get. Um, It's only fitting that we do some sort of story on uh, President Trump, and uh, one that I think a few people already knew, but the Mirror .co.uk, they're the website that are bringing us all our stories today, telling us uh, that Donald Trump is now officially the first US president to have ever appeared in a porno. Before you get worried, no, he wasn't a performer, so don't think that's the most disgusting thing you've ever heard. Uh, but uh, yes, he appeared in a 2000 softcore pornography film called Centerfold, a Playboy film, uh, basically about the Barnola twins travelling the country in search of stunning beauty to find the first playmate 
of the new millennium. Now, according to BuzzFeed, it also features scenes of fully nude women posing in sexual positions, dancing naked, touching themselves on naked, touching each other sensually, and rubbing honey on themselves. Now, you're, but you're wondering, does Donald Trump pull the honey? Does I mean, does Donald Trump help them find the said model? What does Donald Trump do? Well, apparently he plays a fairly small cameo where he welcomes the playmates on their visit to New York by smashing a bottle of champagne on a limousine and pouring bubbles over the Playboy logo and says the line, beauty's beauty, let's see what happens in New York. Apparently, what uh, Trump actually even came out and said last year during the, the campaign is that he vowed to crack down on pornography if elected. Uh, the Washington Examiner on July 16th said that the then Republican nominee signed a pledge a pledge, a pledge, I don't know what that is, uh, from anti-porn group Enough is Enough, vowing to enforce laws against pornography if he won the election. Uh, yeah, not sure if he's going to do that. There's a picture circulating on this story of Donald Trump signing a copy of Playboy in which he did an interview with. So there you go. Uh, Donald Trump, President of the USA, appeared in a porn film, also appeared in Home Alone too. So um, I- I'd rather watch that one. Or maybe I wouldn't. Uh, now, shoppers in Cardiff, this one still with mirror.co.uk, were baffled uh, last week when a pig's head was found on the pavement outside a branch of Burger King. Now, the head was left outside the fast food chain in St. John Street on Saturday, and next to it was also a dead fish, according to Wales Online. Now, many passers-by assumed that someone had been protesting against the store's sale of meat, but according to an employee of the store... It was left there by a person, possibly somebody living on the street. Um, They left it behind. It was suggested that he was using the head to keep people away from him. Uh, The head and fish were last seen outside the food store with some cans, but less than an hour later, the items had been removed from the area. So uh, if you're in Wales and you go to Burger King, maybe it's just a common thing to find a pig's head. Maybe it's just, you know, despite what the Burger King employee says, maybe that's just where they they leave the scraps of the pigs or... Something like that. Um, Everyone is familiar with the brand of spread. I was going to say butter, but hence the title. It's not actually butter. Uh, The brand, of course, I'm talking about is I Can't Believe It's Not Butter. Since 1991 has been confusing people with its amazing tastes that taste like butter, but people can't believe that it's not butter, hence the name. It's a bit annoying and long to say, but people obviously know what on earth it is that you are talking about. So they've actually come out in the last week and announced that they are changing their name. No, they're not changing it to, yes, it really is butter, we were lying this whole time. They're changing it to, I can't believe it's so good for everything. That's right, they've apparently made it so that this is literally good for everything. I I would really struggle to think that it would be good for washing your car or having a shower with, but, you know, I guess that's not false advertising. Um, So apparently the head of the company, uh, Unlevers, uh, who own the brand, Pedro Costa, has uh, come out during the week and said that we know our consumers want value for money when it comes to spreads. Our brand evolution to take on a new name helps to drive home the fact that this product is unbelievably versatile and a healthier option, making it great value offering. We expect this change to resonate well with our existing customers whilst attracting new ones. Um, well, according to a poll on themirror.co.uk, they've simply asked their readers, do you like I Can't Believe It's Not Butter's new name? 80% of their readers say, no, what's wrong with the old one? 3% say, yes, I prefer it. And 17% say, I don't care. So <laughs> generally, when it comes to spreads, 17% of people don't really care, but 
I would assume I can't believe it's not butter is a generally better topic or a better name than I can't believe it's so good for everything. I mean, that doesn't even tell you what on earth it is you're buying. For You know, you could be buying a, a bag of dog food that's good for everything. So, I mean, if this was fail or no fail, we would say that it's definitely a fail. Uh, we love McDonald's on this show. You know that. We talked last week about a girl who would have rather gotten shot than give up her chicken nugget. Uh, this week, we're telling you about a lady in the UK who uh, ended up spending £395 on a bag of McDonald's. Now, she wasn't incredibly hungry, before you think that. She actually only spent uh, £10 on the food itself, but was then later fined uh, upwards of £390 for dumping the empty bag in an alleyway. Now, it was found alongside some carpet close to her home, and she was only caught because there was evidence of her address amongst her junk, according to the Gazette Live website. Now, the lady's name is Kate Ritchie. No, it is not Sally from Home and Away, before you think that. Um, but it was discovered in May last year uh, that was, she was taken to court where she failed to show up uh, at the court and then was also added extra fines on top of that um, to make it a very expensive bag of McDonald's. Councillor Alec Brown Redcar and uh, Cleveland Council's Cabinet Member for uh, Neighbourhoods said that we will take hard action against people caught dumping litter in the borough, and hopefully this case should be a warning for others not to do this in the future. So uh, if you're listening to us right now and you're eating some Maccas, don't litter it because you'll get fined a lot of money. Um... All right, the final one that I thought this was quite interesting, we brought you last week some interesting festivals that you could travel to around the world in 2017. Well, if you're not one for festivals and are looking a new place to go to, perhaps that you never thought of, well, you could go to Taliban-occupied Afghanistan, where a 79-year-old tour guide takes people around and shows them some pretty scary places. Uh, now, £3,500 is cost you as well, so it's not exactly like it's cheap, but uh, Jeff Hahn, four times a year, through his company Hinterland Travel, will take tourists through what is uh, officially known as the most dangerous country not at war. He set it up in the 1970s, has taken people to places such as Syria, Pakistan and Iraq, has never really run into trouble, apparently until last year, when um, his bus was basically blown up and uh, passengers were injured, and then they apparently wanted to sue him for a bad tour guide. I would assume that if you are signing up to go to a Taliban-occupied country where you are warned about that you may witness murder, that you might not want to sue. That's like going to Disneyland and suing that Mickey Mouse hugs you. Um, but yeah, this is it's a pretty interesting interview here basically about uh, why he does it, what he's seen, um, basically saying that he warns his guests that they may have to sleep on the floor of cafes because often Taliban and insurgents will target tourists in hotels so that they cannot stay there, um, has seen people get bashed to death right in front of his bus whilst they just have to kind of turn a blind eye and drive off. So um, I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there who want to do this, so... If you want to go somewhere different, you can go to Afghanistan and hang out with the Taliban, apparently. There you go. Uh, that is another edition of Wow, This Is News. Let's close it out with some music and think long and hard about what you've heard on the show today. 
Christian Patey is a singer, and you're about to hear a little bit more about him. He was on the show back in 2014 and uh, talked a lot about his career from Queensland, from the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, and uh, doing great guns in the indie scene and just sort of the underground area in Queensland, and uh, performed a couple of songs for us, including a lovely little uh, blending uh, cover song of uh, two songs that I guess are still quite popular to this day, uh, Ho Hey and Riptide. So uh, we're going to listen to that right now. Christian Paddy, back from 2014, your weekly dose of live music from the history of the brink. I've been trying to do it right. I've been living a lonely life. I've been sleeping here instead. I've been sleeping in my bed. Sleeping in my bed So show me family Oh, the blood that I will bleed I don't know where I belong I don't know where how it rolls But I can write a song You belong with me and my sweetheart. I belong with you. 
You belong with me and my sweetheart. Shameless plug time. We did a little bit on last week's episode and going to do a little bit more of it on this week's episode because this coming Thursday, uh, if you perhaps are listening to this before Thursday, Australia Day, 26th of January 2017, we will be releasing the sixth film in the Brink Unleash franchise called The Brink Unleash Six New Adventures, detailing my recent travels overseas to New Zealand, the USA, Mexico, Canada, um, and, well, technically the mainland of Australia, which is over a sea in a way. Now, we played for you the first trailer last week. There's two more trailers that have been released, and given that these might not necessarily translate completely to audio, we're still going to play them for you anyway. I'll start by playing the second trailer that we released a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, of course, you can see it, the visual aspect of it via our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Sprint Radio Show. But let's just hear a little a snippet or just the entire thing actually right now. This is going to be the last time you see me alive. Um, that was pretty intense. Mm. That was all kinds of crazy. I've made decisions that ultimately have turned out for the worse. I hurt myself today. To see if I still feel I focus on the pain I cannot repair The time of my life, I love this country the stains of time The feelings haven't crashed but today was always going to be an emotional day. Always. Let's uh, let's put the big boy pants on and suck it up and try and try and get through this. And you could have it all. My empire of dirt. I will let you down. Again, best to view it to kind of get get the gist of it. Um, sort of a I don't want to say satire, a a reworking of the Logan trailer that has been circulating around, um, which I think works quite well. We'll play the third and final one for you uh, towards the end of this episode. People probably wonder what uh, we've been up to since the brink went off air. Obviously, lots of things happen in life. That's generally what happens when you're alive. Uh, one of the projects, though, that we've kept going outside of doing the brink, uh, 007, which has been a very fun podcast for about a year and a half or so. Um, basically, where myself, uh, Colin Hilding in Winnipeg, who you will see a little bit in the brink only six, as well as Noah Groves, formerly of Snug. You remember him on the brink a little bit, Survivor Oz as well. Currently, he's in Europe, the lucky guy. Um, we talk about James Bond. That's generally what happens. We've done recaps of all the films, done other various episodes, and presently uh, doing some commentaries of a lot of the films 
at the moment. Now, we're about to celebrate our 50th episode, and uh, that will be coming your way very, very soon, a special 50th edition of that. But uh, we recently recorded a uh, episode, a commentary of the 1969 classic On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And uh, a little bit of an exchange between Colin and I happened when it turned into, apparently, Cookie Monster and Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonations, and I thought this was a bit of fun for you to listen to, get a bit of a taste of 007, and also do some more shameless plugging throughout this episode. So let's hear a bit of a snippet of a recent episode of 007. Uh, Cookie Monster's solo's coming up. We have all <laughs> the time <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. I've never thought it really, of that. It really is a beautiful song, but... Healthy food tastes so good. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this isn't the most famous one. I just know there's this old commercial. I think it was a butter or a margarine commercial. And it was playing like Louis Armstrong. It was like uh, margarine trying to follow something on like the the, the conveyor belt, I guess, uh, uh, checkout counter. And it's just like... Uh, here is the best part. You got a head start. <laughs> That's what I always remember Louis Armstrong from. Well, sadly, Louis did die. This is the last thing he'd recorded. <laughs> <laughs> In loving memory of Cookie Monster. <laughs> I never put that together. Cookie Monster is... <laughs> We've got all the time. <laughs> In the world. James for James Bond. <laughs> Was it from the air sickness? Oh, cause of death, heart attack. <laughs> Isn't that how all Germans die because they're so angry? I want to go to the shop, aren't I? <laughs> it was probably brought on by the inability to eat meat. <laughs> I love, like, can I just point this out? Germans to me aren't like the French. Like I love the Germans. I love Germany. It's like one of my favorite countries in the world. I want to go there. I want to speak German. But like I would, I've, you, do you ever meet a happy German? Because even a happy German sounds angry. <gasps> I am very happy for the birth of my child. That's so why I, I, I told my wife before. I'm like, the German accent, everything will sound angry. The Russian accent, everything sounds really calm and really evil. <laughs> I love the Russian accent. I don't know if, like, I'm coming completely the- racist towards Germans, but, like, I'm honestly, I love Germany. I love it. Love you guys to be Germany. If you're listening, whole country, hello. Guten Tag. If you're French, fuck well, off. After what they did to France, I know which side you're taking. <laughs> don't bring up the French. <laughs> <laughs> it's strictly Do you like private. <laughs> She's probably been really she nice right there. She's probably just like, so don't go there. It's strictly yeah. private. She's like, it's strictly private. <laughs> Anybody ever told you you're a beautiful man? <laughs> Can we please go back to when they get into this helicopter and have Irma Butt say, get to the chopper? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them to land and say, get out of the chopper. Put the chopper down now. <laughs> Well, that's why I cut it into our thing where where uh, she's like, uh, "Not grab ice, we'll kill the dinosaurs." The ice age. <laughs> 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 My 
my new life wish is for Arnold Schwarzenegger and Roger Moore to do a buddy cop film. <laughs> At their current ages. <laughs> Roger, get to the chopper. I'll get to the chopper, dear Arnold, my friends. Take your walker and go back to the carpet. <laughs> I, I, he's the new host of The Celebrity Apprentice, and I've watched the last two episodes. And I don't know how many times throughout the show he'll say something, and I'll just quote something from Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> Doesn't he say, Who is your daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> Doesn't he say, You're terminated instead of, um, You're fired? Yeah. He also did in one episode say, Get to the chopper. <laughs> there is actually a YouTube video where it's like, you know, the fans have obviously commented on his Facebook page, like, you know, can you quote these? And he just he just does a video where he quotes all his famous things. <laughs> and, like, my favourite is still Jingle All The Way. Put the cookie down! Now! <laughs> Mine is, um... And it's a whole scene, Kindergarten Cop, where he picks up the kid who's eating all the lunches. Like, Did you eat all these lunches? Why? Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> or everything from Batman and Robin... <laughs> A please is coming. Good. I hate it when people talk during the movie. <laughs> Why has Arnold never played James Bond? My name is Bond. James Bond. <laughs> Vodka martini. Chicken, not stirred. You know, the funniest line in Kindergarten Cop may very well be one that nobody ever notices where he's like, you should be the one reading stories about bears who go shopping. <laughs> I want Arnold Schwarzenegger to read a book about bears that go shopping. <laughs> the bear went to the woods, called the lock of the three bears. <laughs> she tried the first one. And the mommy bear hot. went to the produce department, and the daddy bear to the poultry section. <laughs> I want Arnold Schwarzenegger to read Three Little Pigs. I'll have an apartment and blow your house down. <laughs> So I want, to I want Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> to just say, but you can call me Hilly. <laughs> How was your trip? Not too good. I'm not a fan of the travel. <laughs> this never happened to the other fellow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry, sorry. No, I can't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's an I forgot you, eh? <laughs> So I live to die another day. <laughs> what a view. Do I kill? <laughs> I'm really going to have to pee before this movie's over. I don't know how we're going to edit See, it. There we go. There we go. See, you listen to us and we comes out. We've succeeded again. <laughs> Thank you, Viv Gilchrist. It's even worse when you are one of us. Imagine our bladders. <laughs> We're going to put a disclaimer at the beginning of each episode now. We recommend that you go to the toilet or at least, you know, attach a hose or something. <laughs> oh, So we're back to Colin's favourite James Bond film. and <laughs> Secret Service. I still can't believe we stayed on topic basically for all of Die Another Fucking Day. <laughs> Majesty's Secret Service. We're... <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Fran Dresser. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Schwarzenegger. Uh. No. <laughs> oh. 
this ugly suitcase there? It is the 60s. <laughs> That's probably top-of-the-line suitcase in 1969. And there's those very dangerous spikes on the wall that somebody probably has gotten killed on before. <laughs> oh, God, here he is, and he's really... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> frills and a skirt. Come on. Hey, it's a kilt. Is it a kilt? I think so. It's got the um, the sprogan or whatever it's called on the front of it. <laughs> you said what? <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's called a sprogan or... Um... I thought that's what's on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> no. He's sprogan all over himself right now. But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, seriously, can we come up with an edit point? I'm going to go sprogan. It's <laughs> absolutely me sprogan all over myself. Okay. Hang on a second. Uh... Oh, hold on. You know what? It'll be effortless for other people. We're just going to go three, two, one, pause, but you keep it playing and we'll edit it out. All right, yes, okay? for people who are listening at home, just keep listening, just ignore us. Colin's going to go sproggin. So, <laughs> just, um, just everybody continue as is normal while we pretend this never happened. Cookies! Now, they were two separate clips sort of put together, and to kind of put that into context, basically a commentary involves you watching the film along while you listen to our commentary. Clearly, that's kind of self-explanatory. But, uh, yes, if you wish to hear more of that, and I'm sure you do, um, particularly if you're French, apparently, uh, just head to 007.wordpress.com, or you can subscribe to the podcast the same way you subscribe to us. Uh, iTunes, easiest way to find that. Just search for 007. <laughs> Gotta get excited for one of my favourite segments of every single episode. Back. That's right, we are going back in time to hear a classic moment from the brink. Again, you would always argue that we've already done that this episode, but we like to milk our history, apparently. Now, another two for you this week. As always, we sometimes bring you surprises, and it's Australia Day this coming Thursday. Get excited. We love Australia. We love Australia Day. So uh, we thought we'd play a mini snippet of one of these random people that would just pop in the studio back in 2012. Sam and myself were in the studio, and we had a random visitor, otherwise known as the random beef man. Hey, hey Ben. Hel- hello there, uh, Sarge. No, no. <laughs> you look like the Sarge, sir. You know how I used to. Um, <laughs> hang on, I've just got to get my voice right. Here. Right, okay then. <laughs> Sam's second cousin. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know who I'm talking to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to play a joke on all okay. those, all those mugs that you know drop to out of how I like. Oh right, right. We, we're doing this again, are we? <laughs> ben, I used to. I. I drive a Toyota Hilux and eat beef. You know that, don't you? Well, I got rear-ended by one of you snoozers about two weeks ago. Thanks for damaging my car. Yes, well, <laughs> you know, Ben, I used to sound like this. But then I got a Toyota Hilux and started eating beef. And then after that, I got a jet ski. Uh, and beef. my voice actually went up a few octaves after that. But uh, you know, I like did jet last skis. Night. They're it was cool. quite nice. I had beef stroganoff. Beef stroganoff. <laughs> it's a bit of German flavour to it. No, real men don't eat beef strong enough. <laughs> real men just eat, just grab a cow and have a chunk out of it. Well, Ben, <laughs> funny you should say that, because that's actually happened to me. <laughs> Went along to the Hobart show yesterday, saw a cow and just started nibbling on a tie. <laughs> I actually just reminded me, a uh, random stranger in the studio who just appears and talks about beef, uh, Max Walker, we haven't heard from you in a while. Do you think we could get him on the show today, Sam? 
Well, I'll see, Ben. <laughs> I'll see about getting Max on the show. So I haven't, I haven't heard, I haven't heard in ages. We had Vili Petrov come on the brink the other week. Vili Petrov, head <laughs> thief. He's not a real man. Why isn't he a real man, random stranger? He's Russian, Ben. <laughs> Ru- Russians can't be real men. Okay, then. Apparently not only are we offending the French, we're offending the Russians. I know which one of them I would be more afraid of. But uh, also, flashing back things right now, uh, a segment that I particularly always enjoyed. It was kind of one of our late additions to the program in our final few years. It was called Ben and Dakota Get Angry. And as you can probably guess, it's a segment that involves myself and co-host Dakota Leary. Well... Getting angry. Ben and Dakota get angry. Ah! Every week we cause an accident yeah. in this studio and it's always gone and it's yeah. cleared up. It's how that hole got in the roof. It's Kevin. Don't know how I can get it's angry. Why the air conditioning's not here. I don't anymore. know why I can get angry with Kevin watching over me. I yeah, I know. I don't, I don't want to get angry. It's with kind Kevin of like Ben here. and Dakota mildly get annoyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what makes me mildly which annoyed? Every, which is every show. <laughs> what makes you mildly annoyed? Cadbury. Cadbury. For, for changing the recipe of their egg and getting rid of one chocolate egg and their cream eggs. That's mildly annoying. You know what makes me mildly annoyed? What? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, that makes me mildly annoyed too. That makes me angry. Whoa, okay, we're angry again. Ed Sheeran. Yes. He can't sing. Why do people like him? Well, he can sing. Well, we, yeah, but <laughs> I don't care. Why do people like him? I'm a bit over Ed Sheeran, to be honest. Yeah. Like, every time I hear an Ed Sheeran song on the radio, I'm like, oh, this is Justin Timberlake's new one. Oh, wait, it's Ed Sheeran. What? Like, Justin he's producing Timberlake? music that Justin Timberlake was doing 10 years ago. And yet he's all like, oh, Ed Sheeran, oh, he's so hot. He's a ranger. <laughs> Why is he so attractive? He looks like a hobbit. He looks like Rupert Grint from Harry Potter. He's a ranger. He is. No disrespect to redheads. I'm engaged to a redhead. I'm allowed to say it, but like... Oh, uh, well, you're not. <laughs> only a ginger can call another ginger ginger. Well... Yeah, uh, only a ginger. I'm going to have ginger babies. Call another ginger ginger. <laughs> um... You know what makes you angry, man? <laughs> well, it was my turn, but whatever, all right. Taylor Swift. Yeah. She can't sting. Why do people like her? Yeah, I'm, I'm on that. I'm not going to defend Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know what makes me angry? What? Emails. <laughs> How hard is it to reply to one? If you get sent an email, if you get it, even if you can't reply, just click reply and go, I can't reply right now, I'll reply later. I know you got it. Stop ignoring it. Reply. You know what makes me angry? What? Ian Thorpe. Why? Start swimming again. He's got, like, a bung shoulder. He I don't can't. care. Fix it. You know what makes me angry? Dawn Fraser. Start <laughs> swimming again. You know what makes me angry? What? Grant Hackett. Start swimming again. He actually, he actually yeah, actually, has. yeah. He has. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wait, yeah. yeah. Um, you know what makes me angry? So, Donald Bradman. Start Bradman. playing cricket again. <laughs> you know what makes me angry? So, Richard Berno. Benno, whatever. Start playing cricket again. Who's uh, Richard Burlow? Benno. Richie Benno. Benno. He's not a Richie knight Benno. and he's a commentator. Yeah, he's sir, isn't <laughs> not he? Sir. No, he's, not, he's not knighted. Oh. No. You know what makes you angry? <laughs> Josh Thomas. I thought you were going to say Richie Benno. But not he's not it. funny. Get him off my TV. Why Why are you on the, like, the Josh Thomas bandwagon? I love it. It's great. Just, no, you had to piff me over the break. Doing you? As a, anyway, you know what makes me angry? All right, I don't get a turn this week. Rise <laughs> against. They all sound the same. You know what makes me angry? What? Terrorists. Stop being terrorists. Stop killing people. Just just know. I don't understand it entirely. Like, I understand bits of it, but I just feel I need to get angry about them. Just stop it. You know what makes me mildly annoyed? What? Bus drivers. Oh, here we They're go. arrogant little 
poos. <laughs> I want to catch a bus with you one day. <laughs> you're going to get like the nicest bus driver in the world. Hi, Dakota. Oh, good to see you. Bus driver. Wait till I get my license. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not driving. I ripped mine up that day. You know what makes me angry? What? The, the one lane in Liverpool Street still. Like, it's Bedlam. And it's Hobart. We're not meant to have traffic chaos. It's Hobart, for goodness sakes. You know what makes no me... No one drives here. You know what makes me mildly no one annoyed? Lives here. What? <laughs> People are complaining about that, but they're building staff. <laughs> no, but they're changing that permanently to one lane after they've built staff. Protest then. I will. You know what makes me angry? <laughs> what? The cricket. Why? We need more of it. There's not enough at Bill Reeve. We want more. We've had four Hurricanes games. Great. We get an international game next week. Great. We get three World Cup games. Great. I want more. You know what makes me angry? What? Bell Reeve Oval. They changed their name to Blunston Arena. Like three years ago. It's like the definition of Bogan. Well, they need to get sponsored. They need money. You know what else makes me angry? They had to build a new stand. Chad Lowe. He looks too much like Vladimir Putin. There's nothing like Vladimir Putin. Really doesn't. He really does. You know what makes me angry? Right. Dakota. He keeps saying that people look like people and they don't. That's like saying that Michael Cena guy looks like Kevin Bacon. He looks nothing like him. He does. Hey, Kevin. How are you? Hey, hey. What you makes doing? you angry, Kevin? Nothing. Hey, you're the man too. Nothing makes Kevin angry. Kevin's just a nice guy. Yeah? <laughs> Kevin just. Kevin's just Kevin. <laughs> like, you know what makes me angry? Kevin looks himself in the mirror. You know what makes me angry? What? Kevin Bacon. No. Change your damn facial expression, man. No, I'm not accepting that one. Oh, oh, I won't no. accept that. I won't angry. accept that. Kevin no, Bacon, you know, I'm Kevin Bacon angry gets that. angry and he just looks in the mirror and goes, oh, I'm Kevin Bacon. I don't need to be angry. <laughs> you know what makes me angry? What? Cricket Australia or the International, one of those ones. Whoever banned George Bailey. Who cares if he had a slow overrate? Give him a fine or don't let him drink chocolate milk. <laughs> He wants to play in front of his fans, in front of the Boonie and the Ponting Stadium. And now you're going to lose a lot of people tomorrow because we've got no George Bailey, the ranger. You know what makes me angry? What? Tony Abbott <laughs> and Taylor Swift. How could Taylor Swift think she can make music? She's not a country artist. She's not even a musical artist. She deserves to just not make music anymore. You still want to get angry there. <laughs> you know oh, what sorry. Makes, you know what makes me angry? Dakota, he should be here. This is his segment with me. And it's weird doing this with you, but I like it. Do you know what makes me angry? What? The fact that Dakota won't realise he's 15. You know what makes me angry? That he's not here to laugh at 15-year-old jokes, because we know he's 16, but it's funny, because he's 15 when we made those jokes. And yep. Do you know what makes me angry? What? German rabbit breeders. <laughs> Thinking that they know what the Pope is on about. You know? Sorry, I just I just remembered yesterday. You know what makes me angry? Stop waving at people! Do radio and don't care about them! Do you know what makes me angry? What? People that believe in creation. People that don't believe in evolution because creationism is taking over the world and making people dumb. You know what makes me angry? What? Me! What? Why? Because I have to leave this show. No! I don't want to. <laughs> you know what makes me angry? What? I don't know, like... <laughs> People, cyclists, pedestrians, other drivers. It's my roads. Get off. Uh, <laughs> what was last week? You know what makes me mildly annoyed? <laughs> you know what makes me angry? What? Josh Thomas. He hasn't been brought up today. He's an idiot. He's not funny. <laughs> Go away. You know what doesn't make me angry? What? Kevin Bacon.
No, I know. <laughs> Hello, Kevin. G'day, Kev. What's up? What's up, bro? You're the man. Do, do, do you know what makes me angry? <laughs> what? New Zealand not being part of Australia. <laughs> really? Yes. You know what doesn't make me angry? What? New Zealand not being part of Australia. <laughs> you know what makes me angry? What? New, New Zealand. Like... Join together. Why is there a gap in the middle? It makes me uncomfortable. Like, you don't need two of you. Like a north and a south island. Like, let's draw a line through Oatlands and cut a hole in the middle of Tasmania. Oh, we've got the north and the south. Well, may as well. We divide May as well, yeah. Do you know what makes me angry? What? Western Australia. Yeah. You're already three hours away. Just keep going. More than three hours, aren't they? Just keep going to Africa. (laughs) Go away, Western Australia. We don't want you. We don't need you. You know what makes me angry? What? I have to end this segment. <laughs> Such a fun segment. I miss it. And um, I even missed Dakota. Never thought I'd say that. But uh, he might be making an appearance on this show very soon. So uh, I guess in the famous words of radio hosts, stay tuned. <laughs> Speaking of favourite segments, one of my all-time favourite segments, probably I'm going to say my favourite segment was Forget the lyrics. Now, we've already brought you a couple of these over the last few weeks, and we're going to continue to bring you at least one of these, maybe two, maybe three. Who knows? We might go back to what we used to do and do an entirely musical episode. We might wait and see. But uh, not only are we going to bring you a classic one of these, I am even going to play the classic introduction for the said segment. That time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics! Here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Forget the Lyrics! Well, don't we remember that that brings back some memories uh we're going back to the year 2013 that is right four years ago now an entire olympiad has passed since that year and this was when josh was in the studio we miss josh we love josh and hopefully josh will be making another appearance on this very podcast in the coming weeks and uh this is his and my duet singing the aerosmith classic i don't want to miss a thing in relation to politics and I do believe from memory that Scott Bacon, uh, Tasmania's former tourism minister, was in studio with us at the time. So uh, with that in note, that is why this subject of Tasmanian politics particularly hits the right notes in more ways than one. You can hear that? There we go. I want people to get the cigarette lighters. And... <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get your phone out, Scott. Come on. Because people at home can see it. Oh, Scott's getting involved. I can't wait to hear Scott singing. (laughs) It's a minority government in Tasmania right now. Lara Giddings and Nick McKim. They like working together every day. Will Hodgman looks on. He is quite jealous. Wants to lead this state in next year's election. The Greens and Labor work together better than Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler. Don't want to vote you out. Want to keep you both in government because it's a minority government in Tasmania with Lara and Nick. Both want to vote with you. (laughs) They want to do the best job possible because Nick and Lara are working together 
with Scott Bacon as tourism minister. Go, Josh, you take over. <laughs> Use so many correct words. Oh, I'm living in New South Wales. Don't read much of the news down here. And I'm liberal in supporting. So this little song is boring. Because <laughs> this is the thing I really want you to know. I want you to know. That a liberal government for me <laughs> is better. <laughs> and ever and ever. But I'm sitting right next to Scott. <laughs> He's a Labor Minister for Tourism of Tasmania. And I just did a tour of Tasmania. And when I'm sitting next to him, I really don't want to get hit because I really like you, Scott, and you have a nice shirt on. (laughs) And Ben, I just want to keep you in. Because, Scott, I want to be with you as the Tourism Minister of Tasmania. Oh, Lara, I want to keep you as Premier. Will Hodgman go and get stuffed? Josh, you are so wrong in what you want to say. Keeping in Lara. Lara! 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 <laughs> yeah that happened uh 2013 the year that i apparently tried to emulate steve tyler by screaming at the top of my lungs lara um worked kind of okay actually yes yeah, scott bacon was in studio he did do a forget the lyrics that day from memory as well uh perhaps we'll play that for you one day boy oh boy you're glad that we've started replaying that segment <laughs> The show that brings you the memories of The Brink is going to bring you some more memories. We're going to strive our best to bring you a classic interview each week, or at least wherever we can fit it, and uh, we're going to do that for you right now by going back to the year 2014. Again, only three years ago. It doesn't seem that long ago, but it was three years ago. Uh, we were very lucky and honoured to be able to sit down with one-third of one of the biggest boy band acts of the 1990s, even though they're more of a group, not necessarily just boy band in the dancing sense, but they actually played instruments. I do, of course, speak of Hanson, and we did speak speak to the one, the only, Taylor Hanson. We ended up speaking to him twice, funnily enough. We interviewed him after this one a couple of months later. But uh, this was the very first chat that we had with the one, the only, Mr. Taylor Hanson. Thanks for having me. That's quite an intro. Well, uh, we like to make our guests feel welcome. And uh, also, I like to give you guys big heads because I feel you need to have big heads and, uh, you know, get you excited for the chat. So, you know, was, was that, was that, did it help? Did it give you guys a bit of a big head? Yeah, um... As you said, give me a big head to the press. <laughs> um, I would say, yeah, I'm feeling uh, very, very pumped up. Good, so. good. It's working already. Uh, now, uh, as I mentioned, of course, heading back here in August, uh, right across five states and over to our neighbours there in New Zealand. Uh, do you always get excited, uh, Taylor, when you get to come back down under to, to tour to the Aussie fans? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first time we came... Uh, gosh, it was about 97, I think was the first time we actually played, uh, visited, but we really didn't do a tour for, for some time, a proper tour. Um, and the fans are amazing. I mean, we're, we feel amazed, a blast that we get to still have fans many years later, keep engaged and, and get to tour the, um, the world. And this, um, the Australian, uh, fans, I mean, 
we we see a presence from uh, Aussies that fly to different places to go to special events and come to tour all over the world, and so we feel like it. Uh, it's our job to finally get back uh, and do do the traveling ourselves. Yeah. So it's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. Now, back here in 2012 for your last tour, sold out right across the, the country. I mean, do you have some favorite places that you that when you come to Australia that you that you like to check out, sort of more memorable ones than others? Yeah, I mean, there there's so many different places. I mean, obviously, the, the landmark, the cities that we spent more time in than others based on the, the media and things like that are places like Melbourne and Sydney. But, um, but I mean, we've, just, we've gotten to see so much of the country um, that it, it really is just such a beautiful place. You guys also have a lot of, um, you've got a kind of a growing craft beer scene. There's also like, I feel like there's great coffee, great food. Uh, you guys have great weather. I mean, what else do you need? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's uh, it's a bit of paradise. We like to think that. <laughs> um, now, we're, I'm down here in Tasmania, though. I mean, have you ever managed to, to get down here to Tasmania and perhaps in the future maybe sort of for, for your next tour, maybe bring the guys down here to Tasmania for their first show down here? Yeah, you know, we we would love to come to Tasmania. I mean, you, I'm sure you, you see with tours that, you know, come down that don't necessarily make it that oftentimes you're, you're just so strapped for for um, time and resources you go, well, is it possible to come there? So we should we need to figure that out for, for the next tour. Well, I, I know sort of in the lead up to this interview that uh, a lot of fans have contacted us. I know a lot of people fly up uh, to see concerts in general and they're, they're flying up to see to see you guys. So, uh, look, you know, the Hanson fans in Tasmania, Taylor, they do make an effort to still see you guys in <laughs> Australia. We, we appreciate that immensely. <laughs> and uh, and we, know, we know that it's a big deal. Um, we, I, I mentioned that a second ago, that the idea of fans traveling, but we really do. I mean, we've always had um, and been really lucky to have a, a good group of um, Australian and Tasmanian as uh, fans, and um, we see people travel and come to other places because, you know, oftentimes it is a few years between tours, and so we do see people travel, and so uh, we we always feel kind of. Uh, like we, you know, we're coming back to to like a, a comfortable, good place when we get to come and play shows. Well, one thing that really stands out with you guys, I feel, over the years is, is how open and connected you are with your fans. I mean, you know, you do great sort of uh, things for your fans to be able to interact with them and really stay in touch with it. I mean, how important is that, or has that been for you over the years? And do you find now with like things like social media and and, and YouTube that it's it's a lot easier to be able to interact with the fans? Well, we. Um there are a lot of resources now that you can sort of bring together. We, we were very lucky in the sense that when we first really broke out, uh, we were watching the Internet sort of evolve, and you know, social media was hardly even around. Um, the, you know, the, the things we think of Facebook and Twitter, social media was you know, forums on websites and you know, people going on and searching for things. So we've always owned our website. We've always, you know, it's never been anyone else's, and so we were able to connect directly with the fans. We always feel like we could do more, though. Um, but it is true, yeah, that the that the tools that are there now, whether it's using a mobile uh, app or whether it's using location check-ins to, you know, thank people for being there, give them, you know, discounts at a show, those kinds of cool things, um, you know, live, so, you know, live streaming and those, you know, we've done a lot of cool things with live streaming. So all that stuff lets you stay connected, but I, I think ultimately um, it, it's all of it tied together because, um, we, we feel like you can keep fans as long as you don't let them down and as long as you don't um, put out that music or you know go out there and play a show and, and sort of act like it's not a big deal and just kind of go through the motions. Um, and so we always start there. We feel like that is 
you know, as long as we're putting out records we're proud of and we're doing shows and we're giving it everything we've got each night, I think that that is the strongest social, you know, that's the strongest tool for, for driving further connection with your fans. Mm, absolutely, and it's working a treat. And, and you're, speaking of uh, records and albums, your latest one out at the moment, Anthem, just been released here in Australia, doing great guns. The lead single off the album, Get the Girl Back. Love the song. We're going to play for it uh, right here in the show this morning. But the, the film clip, the gorgeous Kat Dennings, of course, from uh, Two Broke Girls fame is in it. How, how do you manage to get her working uh, on, on the film clip? I read she was a, a big Hanson fan, and she almost requested to be in the group. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we we were all flattered when we heard that she liked the band, and this has been, I guess, a few years ago. And so we kind of, we both reached out to each other, uh, trying to, you know, sort of connect somehow. And we we were all fans of her, so um, we became friends. And uh, just, we hung out a few times, and then as we were getting closer to this record, I mean, we just envisioned this story of this this video and this idea of this couple different people you know interacting in at this little venue and also our friend nikki reed who's a, a brilliant actress and uh is one of the other featured people in the video um both of them happen to also be good friends and so we asked them to play these key roles but uh it makes i mean the video was such an amazing time to make uh it was such a great great production we had an amazing group of friends and there also we have other random guest appearances um like drake bell is in it he's a friend of ours and um we have uh, paul mcdonald uh nikki reed's uh, husband and so there's just a whole whole cast of people all of which are friends and we try to create a little narrative story with the video so it's fun to watch well, works, works well is, is there an opportunity then for a cameo perhaps from you guys on two broke girls in the future <laughs> You know, I would love that, actually. Um, that's, there's, there's always possibility. Always possibility. Good. Uh, now, Taylor, we wrap up every interview with a set of five questions I'll get to in just a moment. But one thing that I'm not sure if some of our listeners are aware of is that you guys have your own beer now, perfectly entitled M-Hops, that's which right. is the best name for a beer in the world. Are, are you bringing it out to Australia for fans to be able to, to try it when they come to your gigs? Um, we can't promise that it'll be at the shows, but we are working... We are actually working on distribution for Australia. So ah. if we if things if things line up and it happens in time for the tour, that would be amazing. But uh, I'm sure, as you can imagine, international alcohol laws, shipping things, importing things, it's pretty complicated. So mm-hmm. um, we the, the beer is something that we're really passionate about. It's a it's an amazing community. Craft beer is something that's thriving in the U.S. and, and really all over the world. It's starting to really take off. So. Um, it's a great beer. I mean, something we're proud of. So when people finally get it, the one thing to keep in mind is uh, it's definitely more alcoholic than, you know, a lot of the traditional beers you're getting. I mean, it's, it's, it's seven and a half percent. So it's kind of a good, a good uh, level of alcohol, Mm. but uh, it doesn't, it doesn't taste like it's very smooth and balanced. So, um, so just I'm pre-warning you for your hangover. To, you know. <laughs> well, that's good. It's it's good to get that pre-warning out there, perhaps, just so uh, people are aware of that. Now, as I said, uh, to wrap it up with five uh, quick-fire, fun questions, these will be the easiest ones you'll ever answer in your life, starting off with question number one. Taylor Hanson, what is your favorite type of cheese? Oh, gosh, I have to go with... Um with burrata, oh. mozzarella burrata. Okay, yes, I, I like the mozzarella. I haven't heard of uh, that one. But is it sort of a is it a bitey cheese? I mean, is it sort of a specific oh, type of mozzarella? Yeah, mozzarella. It's a it's a it's a creamy mozzarella. So it's oh. mozzarella that's cured, and then extra cream is put in the middle, and it's tied, and it, 
it's cured again. So it's just absolutely melting your mouth. Incredible. Sounds like it. I'm going to get some after this interview. Uh, question number two, when it comes to toilet paper, are you a folder or a scruncher? I would definitely fold. That's an important, important, important thing. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, have you been asked that question many times before in your life at all, Taylor? Or uh, There's very few questions I can say that's the first, but I think it is. <laughs> wow. There you go. Exclusive here on The Brink this morning. Uh, growing up, what was your dream job? I'm living my dream job, you know, and that is another thing I can always have been able to say. Mm, I love speaking to people when they can say that. Uh, also growing up, who was your childhood celebrity crush? Oh, my gosh. Who was my childhood celebrity crush? Um, gosh, either probably Catherine Zeta-Jones. Ah. I don't know. Um, beautiful. Uh, who else? Cindy Crawford, probably. Yes, 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 I can see both. Obviously, we've had you guys answered several times on this show as uh, childhood celebrity crushes. So, uh, special shout out to everybody on the brink who's answered Hanson in the past. <laughs> uh, and final question for you today. Taylor Hanson, what is your worst habit? My worst habit? Um, what's my worst habit? It's probably biting my nails. I, I'm not, it's not absolutely, uh, I don't have the, you know, some people you look at their fingers and they're just like ravaged. So mine are slightly more manageable, but that's one thing I wish I could kick. Tend to still. One day. Chew on the old nail. One day. I'm sure you will. One day. We'll we'll hold out hope for you. Because people can see. (laughs) People can see Hanson live this August right across all mainland states and in New Zealand. All details we put up on our site and Facebook. You can check out Hanson.net for uh, all the latest news. Download the Hanson app as well. May I suggest that for people out there. And uh, I'll tell you one thing, Taylor. Really looking forward to seeing you here in Australia in August. And thanks for the chat today. And hopefully one day we can uh, do this in person, get you down here to Tassie one time. We would love that. Nice talking. So thanks so much. About time we vacate the building or vacate your speakers, so to speak. And uh, we, as promised earlier in the episode, are going to close it out with another taste of the Brink Unleashed 6, which comes your way this Thursday on Australia Day. We've played two trailers for you. Let's play the third and final trailer that was released only the other day. And remember, this is also best enjoyed by watching it. You can do so via our Facebook page. But in the meantime, listen to the audio. I've lived here for 29 years. Never lived anywhere else. Sure, I've left the place, but in terms of actually potentially not coming back, it's kind of daunting. It's time for a change, really. When you need to have a change, you need to go places. Not knowing the exact nature of how this whole journey is going to turn out. It's kind of very daunting and scary. You come along this journey with me. You follow and see how I go. Unlike previous Rick Unleashed films, it's kind of going to be a little bit different. From this point on, it's all about moving forward. Moving forward is the key to moving forward. How will I move forward? How will this journey go? Go Big Red! Go Big Red!
behind me. Perhaps it's time to see just exactly how far I can move forward and where this will take me. Houston, we have a problem. We didn't get a Chick-fil-A. Goodbye. He's from Australia. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, that comes out on Thursday. We'll be putting it up on our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to to get it directly there. And uh, that trailer itself was kind of a rip-off, I guess, or another version of the new Transformers movie that's coming out this year. So uh, if you're wondering if that sounded familiar at all, been a pleasure having your company as always here on the brink uh, always fun bringing you some classic moments as well as uh, some new stuff as i sort of mentioned earlier in this episode looking forward to perhaps bringing josh and dakota back at some point uh stay tuned for that we will let you know of course um stay up to date with everything to do with the brink facebook.com forward slash the brink radio show uh we are on youtube as well just search for the brink on there and subscribe to us via itunes easiest way to get these episodes just search for the brink in the itunes store click subscribe and we would appreciate any feedback of course you can rate us uh, you can leave us one star two star three star four star or preferably five star and uh, leave some kind or unkind words whatever uh, floats your boat really if you don't use iTunes you can find our RSS feed via our Facebook page and subscribe to the relevant service that you do use when it comes to podcasting and as always special thanks to our podcast server Wooshka for providing us a great ver- uh, area that's what I'm trying to say where we can uh, upload these for you to enjoy now, next week, I will mention episode 10. Uh, we're basically going to be celebrating or commemorating, I don't know what the correct word is, uh, two years since we were off air. Um, it is the end of January. It was the last time we aired an episode on Edge Radio. Um, and we will, I guess, be having a bit of a more of a flashback that we already do anyway, but uh, just a bit of memories along our final episode and everything else in between. So you can wait for that and get excited. In the meantime, thank you very much for tuning in. Again, as I said at the top of the episode, Big shout out to all our listeners from around the world, including Poland and Thailand. So, uh, again, if I spoke Thai or Polish, I would right now say something in one of those languages, but I don't, so apologies for that. Until we next speak again, though, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to The Brink. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night. 